Hey everyone, and welcome to Radically Normal. Uh, my name is Dane, and together with Michael, Andre, and Grant, we'll be taking a deeper dive um, into what it looks like to be a part of biblical community. Uh, what's up, everyone? So, as Dane said, uh, Michael and I are actually joined with Dane as well as another one of our friends, Grant. Uh, you guys might have heard about them on the podcast, maybe in in the past a couple seasons or so. Uh, but two of our very good friends, and we're very excited to have them on. As they said, we're going to talk a bit about biblical community, and um, we're also going to have a bit of a longer intro. Uh, we know we've been slacking or maybe even uh, getting rid of intros in some recent episodes to cover big chunks of, of Exodus uh, and discussing up to like five chapters or so. So we're going to take a little more time to do an intro, go over some recent events you guys might have heard of in recent episodes, but maybe not have that many details. Uh, Dane and Grant are going to help us fill those um, gaps in as well. So it should be a really fun episode, really lighthearted. Hope you guys enjoy. Uh, but to start off, Grant, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? And then Dane, introduce yourself after for our listeners. Thanks. Uh, like they said, my name is Grant. Um, I actually met Michael on the University of Oklahoma baseball team while I was serving as like a uh, analytics uh, workhorse there. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> Uh, uh I hope I'm they not... listen to that. Do what? I hope they listen to that. I should have said analytics <laughs> yeah, guru. Shout out to uh Ryan Gaines. Anyway, um <laughs> um anyway, uh over the past year I've gotten to know um Dana and Andre through Michael and they've been such a blessing to me. Um I recently graduated from the University of Oklahoma. I am now an unemployed bum. Um I really <laughs> like soccer and and Jesus. Um and so yeah, that's me. Yeah, so uh, my name's Dane. Um, I'm currently in my final semester at Baylor University. I'm a double major in entrepreneurship and aviation sciences, and I have no idea what I'm doing come May, uh, but we're figuring it out. Um, but I love to ski. I love to uh, hike, spend time outdoors, fish, uh, really anything, and super, uh, super blessed by these guys and excited to dive into what our biblical community looks like. When was your last hike? I don't, it just came out. Okay. I don't look. Are you single? What is your relationship status? Yeah. <laughs> and yesterday, right. Michael, actually. Oh yeah. I remember that. All right. Yeah. Dane texted me that he was a ski mountaineering. He was hiking up a little, little hill for a few minutes. I'm just kidding. But yeah. So we're going to dive in. Like Dane said in the intro, uh, we're going to talk about biblical community. So, but first just kind of introduce, cause uh, friendship is the foundation for community. You can't be in community if you're not friends with each other. So uh, you guys can kind of kick us off where you want, but maybe one lighthearted question and one deeper question. One, what does it feel like to when you guys have to ski, uh, spend some of your precious winter skiing time with two average skiers, me and Andre? And the second question, uh, how do uh, maybe for people who have never had a great experience over Zoom, what does doing a weekly Zoom Bible study look like for you guys? And do you guys enjoy it? Um, well, first off, it kind of kills my soul. I know we put on some brave faces, <laughs> but watching y'all take roughly 45 minutes to go down, down a single green. <laughs> that is not true for the <laughs> listeners. That's false. It really just almost physically hurts. Um, yeah. Dane, what do you think? I mean, I got to say they made some good progress this year. Last year was a little rough, but uh, they made some progress. Yeah. So that's, that's really interesting because our listeners know we've been on two ski trips and I don't really think Michael and I've really talked too much about our progress. So <laughs> Maybe, maybe Dan, talk a bit about how the ski trip kind of came to be and, and kind of where we started and, and, and how this is potentially a yearly tradition now. 
Yeah. Um, so it kind of started because we had the opportunity uh, in, I guess it was the January 2021 uh, to use one of my friends' houses in Colorado. So just kind of started putting together a group of guys um, from Baylor, from OU, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it started with Michael and uh, Andre and I. Um, and then Michael invited some of his uh, OU friends. I invited some of my Baylor friends. And um, yeah, now we're going on year two of the trip. And in six days, just to give some progress in one sentence, in six days of total skiing, Andre and I are now consistently doing blues with very few falls or none. So I consider that good progress. And then a, a second little detail about uh, just some of the recent stuff going on. Um, you guys have heard a bit about how Michael is actually getting or got married at this point. Um, now he's back. He just flashed his ring for you guys. Um, <laughs> YouTube video this time, but um, so Grant is actually uh, getting married as well in August. So uh, you want to talk a bit about um, Michael's wedding, a bit of more detail of how that all was. Maybe say a few words about um, what it's like, you know, preparing for marriage at, at this young, uh, ripe age of, uh, <laughs> uh, just give us a little more insight into how all the wedding prep and all that stuff has gone for us for, uh, especially, uh, you know, all of us were in Michael's wedding. We're going to be in your wedding. So maybe, maybe fill in listeners a little bit on how all that has gone. Well, I guess the being in my wedding kind of depends on how this goes, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I mean, as far as wedding planning, uh, I'm definitely carrying the load. Shout out to India. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing all of it. She's doing absolutely oh, none. Man. You know, um, she might hear this because she just followed our podcast Instagram page two days ago. Oh, well, in that case, I have done absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> it's been all her and she's doing a wonderful job. Um, as far as Michael's wedding, um, it's the second one I've been in uh, and, and been to uh, ever. And, uh, you know, it was beautiful. Lots of God, God glorifying things going down, and uh, no one, no one screwed anything up too badly. Um, the the last minute, uh, what's it called? Efficient. Efficient. Yes, there it is. Uh, was pretty magical. Um, yeah, it was great. Yeah. So one little insight is Michael. Maybe you can take the lead on this. But what did it feel like when the what is it the the can I don't know what the candle is the the unity candle the unity candle when it wasn't lit what was going through your head when we were looking for that those matches and when you look, asked me to light the match look you know with chaos with the wedding there were already a billion problems that day that all ended up solved such as the uh, our officiant uh who we love getting sick and then us basically like having two other people that couldn't make it and then uh ethan the guy that did it look that got solved the unity candle got solved then the person who was supposed to pray wasn't a, or the officiant wasn't there again. So Andre killed it with the, with getting asked last second to pray during the, the ceremony as well. So, you know, it's all okay. It worked out. So uh, I think that kind of covers all the recent stuff that maybe our listeners, you know, some pending questions that people had. Um, but I guess, yeah, Michael, you want to take the first question on maybe jumping into a bit of maybe just like an intro on, on, on community. I think you already asked the question. Maybe, maybe uh, restate that for, yeah, for Dan. Yeah. Yeah, I'll edit it a little bit. So community has a lot of aspects. It can be Bible study, accountability, meeting weekly, um, going out, doing fun things, could be evangelism, could just be hanging out, playing sports, whatever it might be. 
Um, we've done weekly Bible studies in the past that taught the revelation grant teaching through Daniel. Uh, we've done a bunch of things. We've done a lot of fun things as well. <laughs> um, so for you guys, what's like super important when you think about biblical community, when you think about this group, what comes to mind and what's like super helpful about the community group we have? Um, I think just vulnerability is the biggest thing. Um, for me, at least being able to get together with a group of guys who know me, who it's not just some person you've met on those awkward uh, Sunday morning stand up and greet your neighbor thing. It's actually someone who knows your past, knows your your struggles and where you're vulnerable. And uh, by having that kind of man next to you in the line, they can hold hold you firm in the places that you know you need to be held firm and really help your walk with Christ. Yeah, so it's been super interesting, actually, while I was thinking about my answer to this question, um, I realized that we all four at this point live in different cities. And while we do get to see each other fairly often, um, I think there might be like a misconstrued and conception that in order to have like close community, you all have to be in the same city and like meet up in person. When in reality, I think that we've been uh, blessed with the ability to have just as good community, even though we don't see each other as often as we'd like. Um, and that just comes through our like our group text, at least for me personally, I know that um, you know, I'm able to text guys whenever I'm struggling with something and just ask for prayer um, or just talk about sports or whatever. Um, and it's been it's been a blessing. That's good. So I guess, Dane, just to kind of dive in a little deeper to that, you said that, you know, we're not all super close. Everyone knows we go on these trips together. Uh, we text a lot about sports and whatnot. We have the Zoom Bible study, uh, but really like, you know, maybe dive in a little deeper on what that looks like. Like maybe like, you know, what have we spent some time um going through like kind of what's our overall, I guess, like what's the structure of it? You know, I don't want our listeners to just think that we just hop on a call and we're just chatting about sports, you know, like the, the Bible study is a little deeper than that. Like kind of what would be your advice on, you know, how to have a good Bible study, how to have, you know, good structure in place and that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, if you remember uh, back, I guess, earlier in 2021, after our first ski trip, uh, we kind of started doing weekly Zoom meetings where, it actually wasn't a Bible study and more of like a community group type of thing where we did kind of like catch up, but also talk about um, where we've been growing um, and what we've been learning in the word and, you know, kind of where we're struggling and stuff. Um, but that quickly transitioned to last summer, uh, diving through Revelation with Michael. Um, and that was super helpful. And, you know, it was just kind of a weekly thing where basically each week we, uh, Mike would lead us through a chapter in Revelation. Um, and so we kind of had that structure to go with it. And then obviously along with that, we'd still kind of on the side talk about where we're growing, um, what we're struggling with. But I think it takes a lot of different, like to answer your question, Andre, I think it, it can take a lot of different forms. And I think it just depends on um, the group. But I know for us, we've definitely found that texting pretty much like every day about accountability stuff, but then hopping on and doing a Bible study on a Zoom call, like once a week is kind of our structure. And I don't know. I don't know if they answers your question. Yeah. I mean, something I like to highlight, which I think Michael shows all of us up in is the uh, the note taking at least for me that's like one of the most rewarding things is his uh like 1000 page word documents uh that just highlight just so the listeners know there is no 1000 page word document <laughs> I mean, yeah it's only 950 you're right you're right 950 um <laughs> but it's 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 something that like really grounds things keeps things flowing cuz i know that even as i'm leaving bible studies i'll maybe skip something that i really wanted to do or or whatever. Um, so just by laying down that groundwork of whoever is leading it, which you don't even have to be leading it to uh, take in notes to the to the community group, but just having like a set structure and point to the talk, I think is really rewarding. Even though that sounds really structured and 
doesn't leave a lot of room for whatever imp- improvisation. I get you. So now to kind of, so you guys kind of pointed out some things that are super helpful about the community group, but kind of to maybe for people listening who have seen that the episodes about biblical community, but don't have a great experience. Uh, one of you three in the past two months, I'm not going to say which person because it's about a specific church, but has said that at certain like church, small group things, um, at certain church small group things, it can feel a little fake or can feel like, well, the group's not actually close. So somebody might say what they're struggling with. And then somebody else is just like, oh, well, here's like a verse that can help. Or like, you got it, man, you're okay. And it can feel a little fake. So like, how do you guys think that as people seeking to be led by the spirit in biblical community, we combat that? How do we get it to where it feels genuine? It actually feels real. You feel deep connections with the people. I think Paul might say in Colossians or somewhere else, we're knit together in love through the spirit. So like, how do we actually achieve that? How do we get there? The first thing that hops into my mind is um, that one dark, cold night in the middle of the woods, Michael, on uh, that oh camping we went to um, <laughs> with uh, Paradigm Church in Norman. Shout out to uh, Clint. Um, but he, which I was not a happy boy during this, he made this, uh, this like group of 20 guys pick up this probably, I don't know, what what do you think? A thousand pound tree. I don't even oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> If not a 2000 pounds, I don't know. It was ridiculous. But at the end of the night, after doing this stupid activity together and uh, being up way too late together, we just simply went out. You found a partner, you sat down and you were just vulnerable, about, vulnerable about something that you struggle with. So to set know, the like context, to, to set the context of why Grant wasn't happy, we finished our activity at one and then it was like, Hey, let's go for a hike. And we were all yeah, like, that was I was not very happy about that, but it was like this weird mix of um, just kind of dropping your pride and what you want to do or whatever, just doing a dumb activity together and then being vulnerable. I don't know. That that was honestly a really good, good night in hindsight. Dan, you have anything to add? Yeah, I'd like to first say that um, I think that community inside a church is like uh, very, very important. Um, and we're not like in any way describing that, but I also think at the same time, it's very important to, um, at least in my experience. And I think the other guys can vouch for this. I think it's very important, um, to have like a deep personal connection with the people that you're in community with. Um, just because if you don't, I think it, it can become hard and I've experienced this personally, it can become, it can become very hard to, um, uh, be, vulnerable with them um, as well as they may not even understand the uh, full context of the situation that you're potentially being vulnerable about vulnerable about um, so when in, when possible like I think it's really, really important to um, find a community that you're already um, find people that you're already in close community with and then kind of launch into like a connect, accountability like Bible study kind of um, community group from there I don't know if that makes sense and then I guess like maybe just a question for whoever, but, you know, we talked about, you know, some differences between, um, you know, a church small group versus what we do. Uh, what do you guys like about maybe the size that, that we have? So it's just, you know, just four of us guys, um, you know, obviously we're all guys. There's just four of us. Um, you know, we have a group text and all that, but you know, what, what do you think the, the benefits are of, of, you know, the type of group that we have? I'll go first, I guess. I haven't, uh, everyone else is silent and I haven't gotten to answer any questions so far. I've only been asking them. Uh, for me personally, I actually like the, the, like that it's four people. So one time in high school, we had Bible study at my house 
uh, Dane and Andre uh, had come over for that. But there was one Bible study where like a ton of people invited their friends one day and it was like 24 people. And honestly, like I love teaching the Bible at any point, but like that was one of my least favorite like contexts or situations. It was almost too much um, with four people who are vulnerable and know each other. And especially if they're people, you know, the people well, I think the less, the better, because you're more likely to ask like questions, especially like if we're going through revelation, like you don't want to, sometimes people have the fear of asking a question and looking dumb or anything smaller group and a group that's vulnerable. I kind of like that better. People are way more likely to ask questions and be open in any context. So I kind of like the size. But that's not to discredit a, a larger size. I'm just saying I like this. That is so offensive, Michael. Um, <laughs> yeah, for me, like my mind goes to the uh, uh, the middle school Bible studies I used to lead, lead with um, OKCK Life. And it kind of sounds counterintuitive, but my favorite days were always when it was only like four or five boys rather than like the 14 that I could sometimes get because those were always so much better times with actually being real with each other and uh, getting something productive done rather than having to uh, talk every five seconds and tell them to be quiet. But, you know, hopefully you don't have that uh, problem with slightly older groups, but yeah, small is great. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that's, that's really, really good. So maybe just to summarize a bit and Michael, you can add anything on in terms of like summary, uh, you know, before we move on to any other, any other questions. And I, and I think I have one, but um, I guess just to summarize, you know, we want, you know, some actionable things to come out of our episodes. We want you guys to feel like you're, you know, you're still learning. It's a fun episode, but um, you know, I guess to summarize, you know, having that community is really, really important. Being vulnerable with each other is really, really important. I think all four of us have learned, um, you know, that being friends, and, you know, doing things together, um, being intentional about, you know, texting each other and, uh, knowing about each other, like Dane said, knowing the context of things you may be going through or just, you know, good and bad things, you know, be it school or sports or whatever. Uh, we want to we know, you know, for example, how obsessed Dane is with Baylor uh, sports when he tends to ask <laughs> about Baylor football. Uh, but yeah, so knowing each other, you know, really being intentional about that and, and making sure that you take the time to really dive into, you know, a book of the Bible or, or different topics. You know, we talked a bit about community, which is something we've talked about a lot, but uh, you know, we just hope that that uh, whole conversation was fruitful and, and kind of give you guys some insight into um, what our community looks like. And Michael, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Uh, nope. If you have a question, you can jump right to or jump into that. All right, sweet. So I guess for the last like five, to eight minutes or so, one topic that our community has discussed, and I would say with um, varying degrees of uh, success in actually um follow through with, with some of the things we talked about, but um, is this idea of, you know, how we can um, encourage each other and support each other in our pursuits for um, evangelism and kind of how we view that, um, different things that um, different uh, one ones of us have, have done. So I'll start off with Grant. And um, I mean, do you want to share a bit about your, you know, your YouTube channel you were starting and, and kind of a bit about maybe uh, what the premise of it is and then how this community specifically encouraged you um, with that. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's coming <laughs> on hold. <laughs> Still alive. She's just hanging out in the woods. You know. <laughs> she will return one day. She'll return one day. Um, but uh, it was actually on a uh, trip to, it was on that first ski trip that when I first 
came up with the idea. One of my favorite channels on YouTube is uh, Living Waters. Uh, and it's Ray Comfort's YouTube channel where he just, all he does is old little New Zealand guy who rides around on a bike and asks people hard questions about their, their beliefs in the afterlife and ultimately with the ultimate goal of sharing Christ with them. Um, and so I kind of, I don't know, I was really pumped up about that. And for like a whole semester, I would walk around with a microphone around the University of Oklahoma. And uh, if, if, so, was, if anyone was willing to talk to me, which was uh, at the very beginning, a lot of people talked to me, but the, at the end of it, almost no one would agree. Maybe, maybe where it was getting around, but some weird kid was walking around. Uh, anyway, I would ask them basically what their uh, thoughts on the afterlife was, and then would try to have a civilly yet productive uh, conversation about the afterlife um, and what my thoughts were, what their thoughts were, and see, we could see how their thoughts lined up with the reality of what the Bible uh, tells us. And it was pretty interesting. There was pretty interesting thoughts that were shared. Yeah, I like that. Cause I think that one of the keys with evangelism is people think you like go up to someone, you start talking. That's how they envision it. So I like what you said, Grant. Grant and I evangelize a little bit differently, but I think the key thing is that you're doing it, meaning sharing or proclaiming the gospel, not focused on one particular method that may or may not work. So I go up to somebody just as an example for somebody else. And I usually ask somebody, Hey, my name's Michael. I follow Jesus. Is there any way I could pray for you? Um, such as a guy at the gym, literally an hour or two ago. Um, and then after that kind of settles down or I get his name or whatever, then I ask him if he has a faith. And, uh, the guy earlier was, a, a Catholic who goes to church around here actually. But anyways, and then the kind of, the conversation kind of unfolds from there. And then Grant and I are both looking to actually share the gospel, uh, with that person. Uh, Dane, do you have any extra thoughts on evangelism you might want to add, either methods or somewhere you'd like to grow or just any other comments? Uh, no, I mean, I definitely say that, um, I think I've probably talked about this with you guys, but that's definitely like a, a point where I could um, see myself growing um, a lot. Um, I think evangelism is extremely important um, as a Christian. I, I think that it's hard to say that you're um, following Christ if you're not evangelizing him. Um, I think kind of, you know, as we talk about biblical community, I think um, a potential next step for our group is potentially like finding a way to evangelize together and stuff. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of my thoughts on that. I like that. Actually, just to, hop, to piggyback off that um, a sermon recently in my church, the pastor said or one of our pastors said that community without mission is just codependency. And uh, that doing a mission as a community is, is a way for the community to grow. And it's what actual community looks like in the book of Acts and in the epistles and everything like that. So maybe if you're just taking taking two points of application away from this episode, if you're listening, uh, finding genuine biblical community for Bible study and for accountability and everything else that we talked about. And then maybe also uh, evangelism. Grant and I got to go out and evangelize uh, one day at OU and we had some great, great conversations with people. And, you know, people are way more open uh to things than you you might think they would be typically so andre you have anything to add i think that's really good and just in terms of having a shorter episode we've had a lot of really long ones hopefully this one's like 25 to 30 minutes but we'll see after it's all said and done but you know i hope you guys just enjoyed the episode i'd really like to give the last word to to one of our one of our guests if, they, if you guys have anything uh encouragement for our listeners uh some funny i don't know anything if you guys have anything uh, if not um thank you guys for listening um 
one quote that I guess we'll end with on the as a kind of encouragement for the uh, evangelism note. This is one that was constantly running through my head as I'm taking the leap from uh, thinking about evangelizing to actually evangelizing, which I think is a pretty uh, scary leap that has to be made at some point. Um, is that kind of the the fear when you're going up someone's like, oh, are they going to reject me? Are they going to lash out something? Could this go wrong? Could this go bad? And ultimately, I don't know where I read this quote. Michael may remember. He's probably heard it before. He knows He knows everything. Um, that is not true. But, uh, it's that they've already, they're not rejecting you. If they reject uh, what, you're, what you're telling them, they're rejecting Christ. And so there, you should have no fear of, uh, of like yourself or your identity being attacked. So. And hey, I guess if we're just going to add quotes here at the end, Jesus himself says, blessed are those who are reviled or persecuted for righteousness' sake. So something, there is joy and flourishing to be had in potential opposition to the gospel. And so this is deepening joy. And so thanks so much for listening to our episode. Our group chat actually, based on our first ski trip, is called Double Green Diamond. So thanks for listening to Double Green Diamond on Biblical Community.